the way that you said it to me was like, don't fucking fall. That's right. Stay, st- stay standing. And stay standing. That's it's right. Just the, like that deer. It's as easy as a deer pushing on your shoulder. A deer doesn't right. weigh that much. But when you're not prepared for it and you fall backwards and you let the deer pounce on you with its hooves, no, I'm yeah. the predator. December 25th, 2018. It was our first Christmas in our new million dollar home. I checked all the boxes that promised me real freedom. I had a booming business, raving fans, money, assets, and yet I was still sitting there on the couch pretending that I was watching that Christmas movie with my family while I was choking down the poison of anxiety. I still felt like that desperate kid who would take her clothes off for money, the kid who nearly overdosed to try to prove her worth to her friends, the kid that got pregnant at 19. I felt stuck, like I was stuck in the sands of time. I did all the right things, all the things that promised me freedom and it didn't add up. I realized a few things. I was still checking someone else's box. This was gonna be an inside job and I would do whatever it took to never feel that way again. Consider this podcast the rebranded, revamped, cool ass version of Alternative School. Alternative School for the Unruly, entrepreneur. This is for the innovators, the creators, the world changers, the service-minded, and those who want the details on how to create a business that really, truly, finally fucking sets you free. I'm your host, Andrea Crowder, and welcome to the Unruly Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's go to the show. Jeff Conti, dad to me. Dad to all my friends, <laughs> dad to <Cool>. the team. <laughs> Welcome back to the Unruly Entrepreneur. Second time awesome. on the show, we'll go ahead and link the yep. past episode. You're becoming a regular. <laughs> That's right. Old shoe now. <laughs> old shoe? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm you know, old shoe. Shoes get old and comfy. Just They get worn and kind of like slippers, only better. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Okay, so you called me in December and you it was so cute. I didn't even tell you this part. You're like, mm. I almost left something on your answering machine, but then I was like, let's see if I can get her to answer. And I was like in my head laughing. I'm like, Dad, we don't have answering machines anymore, but Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I understood that you intended, <laughs> which was actually you. <laughs> I appreciated it. I'm from the time of rotary telephones. So I back then they didn't have answering machines either. <laughs> so I was yeah. talking to Melanie last night and she was like, remember Ask Jeeves before Google? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally remember Ask Jeeves. That was a blip in history for sure. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It's so crazy. She's doing a book club and everybody was talking about different things. Anywhere from like 20-year-olds up to 50-year-olds in her book club in her building downtown. And I was like, the 20-year-old looked at her and she's like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been looking at the generations because I'm getting older. and What generation am I from? And definitely not from the greatest generation. And 
I don't think I'm a baby boomer. I think my parents were. So apparently I fall into the Gen X version of, of groups of people. And I'm in the early version of that. I think it starts in 60 or 61 and I'm born in 61. So I guess I'm, that's where I land old. <laughs> what does it mean to be in the greatest generation? I feel like we're all doing our best to learn from our parents and everyone who came before us and where I look at it as we're stacking knowledge and we're all just trying to do a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. I get horror stories in my mind from Raven. We adopted Raven for your listeners that don't know. We adopted Raven when she was seven and her mom was a meth addict and dad was a drug dealer and we were grandparents, but we adopted her and she was wonderful. When she got to 28 or so, she became one of the leading leaders in her company and so was managing a lot of people that she was telling me horror stories of people that would come to work and then they would say I just don't feel right today I'm going home they didn't ask they didn't make any excuses like I'm sick or no I just don't feel like working today I'm going home okay so I think that's like really leads us into the conversation that I wanted to have today. So you called me in December and you were telling me a story, which I've retold so many times in so many different places. And everyone is, yes, Mm -hmm. this, and it's more about, um, perseverance and like how to overcome hard situations and Mm -hmm. anticipating the challenges of life versus really letting them knock you down. And so do Mm -hmm. you want to retell, do you want to retell the story? Sure. Yeah. So the idea is in combat or out in the mountains or places that I've been, if you don't realize ahead of time that you're going to, that you could possibly be hurt, injured, wounded, shot, uh, mauled by a bear, whatever, um, then you're, then you're unprepared. You're not able to respond in a endurance or necessary uh, way. So let's say you're in a gunfight and you need to realize, hey, doesn't matter what happens, I'm going to get shot. I'm going to keep fighting Mm -hmm. because if I don't, I lose. And this doesn't work out well for me. The same if you're in a, let's say you're being attacked by a bear, I'm going to get mauled. I'm going to get clawed. I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to There's no two ways about it. I'm going to keep fighting and make the bear go away. Mm -hmm. And so another way, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's funny as hell. This deer hunter with a bow is Archer. He sneaks up on this buck and the buck turns around and stares at him and then walks towards him. And the guy's standing there and he's not prepared for what's going to come next. The deer rears up and pushes on his shoulders and knocks him down. Mm-hmm. You don't allow yourself to be knocked down, mm-hmm. whether it's a gunfight or a bear or a deer. <laughs> you don't allow that. You are the predator. You are the one in charge. You are the one in command. You are the one present and capable. And if you're not, then you're the victim. Right. And I don't see that. I, I, I used to when I was younger 
I didn't understand the recognition of my position in the world. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. It wasn't until I went to war and I realized I'm going to get shot. I was in a gunfight and I was driving. So I wasn't even shooting back. And my gunner, he was a, a special forces weapons sergeant on a 50 caliber machine gun. And I, we were taking rounds and I'm like, I'm going to get shot, but I'm going to keep driving because if I don't, we're stuck. Mm-hmm. And so that was my mindset. And, and it was something I had, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. You can't allow something like that to stop you. Yeah. Uh, you have to keep you have to keep doing your job and keep functioning. And ultimately it 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 wound up fine. I, I didn't get shot and neither did my weapon sergeant, but there's been a lot of um experiences after that where I realize ahead of time the dangerous predicament I'm in or the hazardous, because it's not always that dangerous. Even driving a car, there's just a there's a whole bunch of stuff in life that that you cannot walk through life expecting it to be ho-hum or the the protected person. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. So yeah, it made a big difference for me. And so I've always had two edicts that I live by, start with what you know and stay found. And those two things really play a big role. I've used them many times to facilitate me continuing forward, whatever I'm doing. But then I was talking with Jacob, your brother, and I was telling him the same story because he and I and his friend Chad are going to go to Alaska. That's grizzly country and wolves and things like that. And I had a conversation with each of them individually and told them the same lesson that I had learned. Because I don't want my son to go up there and wind up faced with an impossible situation and then turn it into a victim. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I told him that story. And after I realized, then I told his friend Chad, and then I realized, you know what? That's another edict for my life. I just need to write it into my, my methods of going forward. That's how it came about. Yeah. And I think what I got out of that was the way that you said it to me was like, don't fucking fall. That's right. <laughs> stay, stay standing. And stay standing. That's it's right. Just the, like that deer. It's as easy as a deer pushing on your shoulder. A deer doesn't right. weigh that much. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> but when you're not prepared for it. Yeah. And you fall backwards and you let the deer pounce on you with its hooves. Mm-hmm. No. I'm the predator. You're the one that's supposed to be running. So most of us don't walk around thinking like I'm a predator on a daily basis, but you're right. Okay. Do you remember the game of NIM? N-I-M, NIM. NIM is a, everybody thinks it's a game of uh, like chess. It's a a game of um, tactics, but it's not. The game of NIM is not a game of tactics. You have seven stones, five stones, and three stones, all arranged in rows, uh, seven, five, and three, and two people play. And the first person gets to pick up as many stones as they want. And then the second person can pick up as many as they want. But guess what? The goal is to leave the other guy with the last stone. It's You watch. You play it with Maddie. You watch and see what happens. There's only one rule. And that rule is you can pick up as many stones in one row 
as you want. Mm -hmm. There's an implied rule. You can't pick up stones in multiple rows. Mm -hmm. You watch when you play with meta. You can use lines on a piece of paper and draw through the number of stones you want to pick up. And But you'll watch and see. Your mind doesn't naturally go to, I want to leave her with the last line. Mm -hmm. Your mind thinks of, I'm going to protect me from being left with the last line. Mm -hmm. Wrong answer. Ooh. It's a completely 90 to 180 degree shift that your goal, I, I use the word predator. It doesn't have to, you, you can come up with a better word, maybe. But play your offense. goal is, yeah, okay, play offense. Your goal is to make the touchdown, mm -hmm. not protect myself from them making a touchdown. Mm -hmm. But try it with the game of Nim. It's really hard. Hmm. Like I said, it's not a game of it's not a game of tactics. It's a game of learning all of the I call them winning solutions. So if I leave you with two and two, so you have to cross out one, then I cross out two, and you're left with the last line. Mm -hmm. If it's two and two, and you cross out two, I cross out one and leave you with the last line. So for me, it's a winning situation. For you, it's a losing situation. Mm -hmm. How are you going to look at the game? Do I learn all of the losing situations or do I learn all of the winning situations? Damn. <laughs> that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yep. Yep. That, that, that changes even how I think about it even more. That was a really mm -hmm. great example. Mm -hmm. So most of us are walking around and we're like, how do we get back up after we've been hit mm. playing defense? Right. And mm -hmm. then what you're saying is stop getting hit and knocked down. <laughs> no, you're going to get hit. No. See, right. that's the stop, most important. Stop thing. getting knocked. Realize. Down. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, that's the learning, the losing situation. There's the next step which is learning the winning situation. So not yeah. only am I not going to get knocked down, but now that I'm prepared for being knocked down, for not being knocked down, I need to, to think and prepare for winning. Yeah. So it's a stepping stone, stay standing. It's not prevent myself from being knocked down, it's stay standing so I can continue to operate or whatever I'm gonna do. That's right. why I use stay standing instead of don't fall down. I was thinking about some of my values yesterday. I was talking to my psychologist and she said, I really appreciate that kindness is one of yours. It's that switch. We need to make those switches, which will propel us, A, to do good things, B, to do the right thing, and C, when it comes to, uh, what do you call it, situations that are hazardous, we are ready to step forward each step of the way to do our right thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because most of us, at least in today's society, our brains aren't trained for that because we live such like soft in right. terms of like historical life experiences. We have the mm -hmm. easiest lives with right. how much privilege we have, even mm -hmm. just being able to drive a car and we're That's not. Right hunting our own foods. And so mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we aren't, we, our minds aren't trained to be in that level of offense mm -hmm. from birth. When we do get a hit, we were not 
prepared for it and it does knock right. us down. And so that's right. That's changing right. the conversation of mm -hmm. you should have gotten hit. So let's say this is what comes to mind mm -hmm. to me is like a little kid goes yeah. to school and mm -hmm. um, another little kid is like, I'm mad. And he hits mm -hmm. them, right? And then mm -hmm. the hurt little kid goes home, tells mom and mm -hmm. mom might say, oh, he shouldn't have done that. And right. what you're saying and what I would agree with from mm -hmm. through the lens of like RRT is let's not tell mm -hmm. children we shouldn't anticipate <laughs> that if it did yeah. happen, it should have. Mm -hmm. And that's what's, right. Mm -hmm. What's a new story to tell around it of of what occurred versus it shouldn't mm -hmm. have because then that puts us back into not just defense but victim energy. It shouldn't mm -hmm. have happened. Right. Now I'm a victim. Yes. Yes. And I don't love Bingo. that for anyone. That's not a no. posture and, I want and my that's, child. That's why I like to use the word predator. It's that nth degree mm -hmm. that I'm willing to go to to win. Yeah. And so the child, I, I'm not suggesting we want to teach our children to be bullies. No, mm -hmm. I'm suggesting that we teach our children to be prepared to fight and win, mm -hmm. not to defend. This There's this whole dimension of fighting that everybody's so afraid of or, or even opposed to. Mm -hmm. I got news for you. There's a lot of people out there that aren't opposed to it. So when you come up next to it, you need to be prepared to win, not defend. Yeah. Defend is always halfway to the goal, right? Every time you go halfway, but you never get there, that's defense. Mm -hmm. Yep. They didn't get to the goal line. Good. What did you do? Nothing. Or I worked right. my ass off to prevent them from winning. No, mm -hmm. the goal is to win. Yeah. And that's why I like the word predator. I can't think of a better word. I, the predator's eyes are always looking forward. You look at rabbits and owls and shit like that. They're always wonky. They're, they have to turn their whole head. But a predator is always looking straight ahead at what he's after. And I love the lessons that I get in Krav Maga because the it's a self-defense class. Mm. And they don't just teach us how to block a hit. They do mm -hmm. teach us how to yeah. give a hit that could... Yeah get someone down to the ground, but they mm -hmm. say never go further than necessary until the sure. point where you disable the person coming at mm -hmm. you. And then mm -hmm. you run mm -hmm. like hell. <laughs> Let, let's take it. Let's, let's take it the way I would say it. Mm -hmm. Let's take it like, and I'm not suggesting I'm right. I'm just saying, this is the way I say it. This is the way I see it is I respond until they stop. Mm -hmm. Once they stop, I don't care if they're standing I don't care if they run away. I don't care if they're on their ground. I don't care if they're crying. I don't care if they're mad. I don't, I don't care. As long as they stopped, mm -hmm. I'm in control. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to do what I want. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to run. I may. I, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do, but I am the one in control and I get to choose. Yeah. So it's so, train special forces. But isn't that something anyone yeah. can learn? Okay. Yes. So let's say that there are people watching and you subdue this person. You don't need to run. There's people watching. They're on their cell phones. They're videotaping. Everything is geared towards your success, meaning everybody saw them attack you or whatever. And you stay because you are the line between that guy and the next turd, not mm -hmm. turd, that this turd and the next victim. So we don't always just run. 
Yeah. In my head, I'm thinking like, I'm in a park. It's just us. <laughs> right. Yeah. I right. understand. Yeah. No, no I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with you that there's yeah. a time, right. but I'm also saying we need to be prepared to be the line mm -hmm. and nobody crosses it. Mm -hmm. And that's in business. I suspect I've, I've never run a business. I have run a business, but not like what we're talking about. Yeah. And so there's a line I'm sure that you have, maybe it's a line not to be crossed and maybe it's a line to be crossed to get to the next, but we are the ones in control. We are the predator. We're the ones moving forward. Our eyes are focused. We are intent. We know what we're doing. We're not gonna be stopped. You're not gonna knock me down. I'm gonna keep advancing. One of the things in special forces we learned was if you're in an ambush, so you are the person being ambushed, so let's say we're on a, a road walking, which we would never do but for the sake of the discussion. We're on a road walking up the road. And from the side of the road, we get attacked. Mm -hmm. what do, what's the most natural thing to do? Run the other way, right? So the, the one guy is shooting at you this way. Or you would think run the other way. But the answer is to turn and run at or into mm -hmm. the ambush and shoot. Make them run away. So that's the predator mindset of even no matter what we do, we can always turn the table and be in control. That's what I wanted to say. This feels like the perfect metaphor for like our unconscious is trying to protect us from death, right? And a lot mm -hmm. of times, mm -hmm. most people run, right? Mm -hmm. And you're saying take conscious and awareness and run towards. And that's actually something mm -hmm. I train my clients on when mm -hmm. somebody had messaged or not messaged me, but they were on a, a call with me not long ago. And she was talking about, I don't even like to celebrate myself when I get big opportunities. I like sit there and mm -hmm. I hesitate. And I was like, let's play a game and we're going to do this together because I noticed mm -hmm. that I was hesitating being afraid to make the wrong move with restoring my house. And mm. every single time I hesitated, it put the project back mm. a little bit more and a little bit more. Mm. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. let's say that this project went a year past what it really had to, which mm -hmm. is possible. Mm -hmm. It's taken a long time. Not all of it was because of me, but definitely there's been plenty of times where I'm like, if I do that, it's going to cost me this amount of extra mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I added up the total of it took an extra year, it's going to cost me over $60,000 and how much I'm paying my mortgage. And mm -hmm. I was like, if all of these moves that I was afraid that I was going to make that were going to cost me money could have maybe been like an extra 10 or 13 K, but still mm -hmm. I'm at a 50 something loss. So mm -hmm. I told her that story. I literally did the math on the phone with her. Cause I was like, mm -hmm. I feel like uh -huh. I'm hesitating somewhere too. <laughs> yeah. So let's both look at the areas that we're hesitating and let's decide that instead of hesitation, we're going to be like, now go, mm -hmm. and we're going to run into it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we've been doing this for the last, mm -hmm. this happened the week before Christmas and every mm -hmm. single per, it was a group call. Every single person on that call was like, I know where I'm hesitating to. And mm -hmm. every single mm -hmm. one of us made a commitment of now run mm -hmm. and the celebrations mm -hmm. in our group chat of <laughs> I did it and it actually turned out better and uh, I had nothing to be afraid of. And so mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of life, when you're not actually in war, like you yeah. are, that mm -hmm. still is so applicable. And also yeah. on the other side of us running towards it, there actually is mm -hmm. reward, not just we might mm -hmm. be able to protect ourselves and not die, right. mm -hmm. but also what if we got to live even more exceptionally mm -hmm. than we mm -hmm. could have ever before because we ran at mm -hmm. it? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
And my take on it is, and this is what I've noticed about your business that I have absolutely loved. What? I'm a father. I love this part about your business. You not only get to celebrate your success, but you bring other people along with you. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so my world, though, is, okay, defend myself. No. Mm-mm. My world is protect other people. Mm-hmm. See, I'm the line between them and something else. And so one of the things I'm doing lately, this is an always ongoing thing for me, is what's the next right thing for me as a, a member of society? And, and I've been paying attention to First Amendment of the Constitution and the Fourth Amendment. I've always been a big Second Amendment, so I don't have to pay attention to that much. But the First Amendment, freedom of speech and religion and the press. But the Fourth Amendment basically is about wrongful search and seizure. But the Supreme Court extended that to a right to privacy. I didn't ever think of it that way. I never thought of it like that. And so I thought, okay, so... Is there anything I can do about, you know what, if law enforcement stops you, our natural, probably yours and mine both, we got our papers in hand, they walk up to the window and we hand them to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's perfectly, doesn't really matter. But what we've done is we're trained the law enforcement to be prepared to receive our documents because we are so compliant. So we give up our right to privacy. When you hand that officer your ID card, you've given up your right to privacy. And so there are, I didn't know this, but there are laws, what do you call it? They've been adjudicated, laws that have been adjudicated. So it's in the court system. And private citizen doesn't have to present their ID card unless the law enforcement officer can articulate a crime. Now it could be a traffic violation, like speeding, something like that. It's still a crime. And so when they articulate, you were speeding and I have this or that, assuming you realize you were speeding, yes, by all means, hand him your stuff. That's the law. That's the way it goes. But there are officers who walk up and the first thing that they say to you isn't their name and badge number or the law that you broke, but they say to you, license, registration, and proof of insurance. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, stop. (laughs) And so you're about to hear why, for me, this is a line, I'm the line for the next person. This is yeah. where I, my mindset is I'm the line who now says, okay, stop. The, the process goes more. You introduce yourself and you tell me what crime I've committed. Then I give you my license and registration. Mm-hmm. Assuming he agrees and gives me that thing, great. But what I've just done is I've protected my rights or not protected i have upheld my rights Mm -hmm. and i have just taught him remember this is how it's supposed to be done so that the next person who does it and by the way we can all agree that there's plenty of profiling that's done by law enforcement yes you know what And, and it's not always about race sometimes it's the clothes you're wearing or the car you're driving or something like that and so there's profiling that happens everywhere You know what? That next person, a mom with children in the car, and he doesn't see the kids, but he sees, let's say, a black woman driving down the road, and he's suspicious for some reason. Mm -hmm. No law has been broken. He walks up to her and says, hey, license, registration, proof of insurance. And she says, what law did I break? 
if he's already encountered me, mm-hmm. he's a little bit more prepared to not be a dick. You know yeah. what I mean? And we, citizens who are willing to stand up for ourselves, facilitate that person, the next person, to not become a victim unknowingly because the cop believes you should just hand me your stuff. Right. So this is the road I'm on right now. And it's the next step in in my life. No, I don't get pulled over a lot. I don't even live in a big city. I live in nowhere land. But the truth be told, I'm going to, that's a something I can do to facilitate the next person not becoming a victim and having their rights trampled on. And it's important to me. So the same thing is true in terms of being a leader in a business or a citizen in society or a soldier in defense of his country or law enforcement Mm -hmm. is to hold the line. And where is that line? Know the line and then stay standing and start with what you know. And protect other people. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Be the line. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Be the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it starts with doing it for ourselves. Get back into Mm -hmm. offense. Remember you're a fucking predator. Mm -hmm. That's that's right. Yes. (laughs) There's going to, there's going to be some people who are going to hear that and they're like, "Eh," cause, because maybe Mm -hmm. we're, maybe the thoughts that become attached to the concept of being a predator is that you would do harm to other people. And obviously that's not what we're saying. We're saying is remember your posture. Exactly. You're a fucking badass. (laughs) You are a badass. That might be a better word. Predator, badass. I don't care which one you use. I want, yes. That word's going to trigger people. I want your eyes looking forward. I want you to hold the line. I want you to be prepared to get hit. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. Know that you're going to get shot. Just know it ahead of time. Yeah. You're going to get hit by a, by a bullet or by a bear or by a person or by a whatever, a deer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you're going to stay standing. You're not going to let it knock you down. I, I'm not saying it's not going to hurt. I'm not saying you're not going to suffer. I'm not saying yeah. you're not going to. I'm saying no. And yeah. when this happens to you, you're still the predator. You're still the badass. You're still looking forward. You're still standing for, you're still moving forward. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I want people to think of. You move into the bear and if necessary, you shove your hand so far down his throat, you choke that motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) You see what I'm saying? That's That's my dad, you guys. (laughs) That's the nth degree of being a badass. Choke that motherfucker with my fist. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. And, and what? So let's say you lose your arm. So what? You got a great story. Oh my god, that was going to be my next question of like, so what happens when now all of a sudden your arm's gone? I guess you have still have your life, yes. right? If it's going to come down arm. To, and your other <laughs> arm, if it comes down to losing a hand or losing your life, you got to make a choice, right? You and know some who people. Tell, tell, Do you know who Helen Keller was? Yeah. Blind and deaf. And she said, and I quote, adversity is just another opportunity. Yes. God damn, that's a good one. That's a good one. 
Damn, that's a good one. Adversity is just another opportunity. Yep, I shoved my hand so far down a shark's throat. It bit my arm off, but it choked that sucker. <laughs> I was watching some film the other day, always studying RRT and watching some film from when Dr. Connolly had, was working with a woman who had been through some pretty traumatic stuff. She had mm -hmm, been yeah. kidnapped and raped. She was kidnapped mm. from a family funeral, taken mm. off and raped by an uncle. And it horrific, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And then had another situation where she was nearly sexually assaulted and she um, was able to get away. And mm -hmm. she was reaching out to Dr. Connolly because she didn't want to mm -hmm. leave the house anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you guys, I'm going to really distill this down into one small lesson. There's so many more nuances to this. So right. just take the lesson that I'm offering you and realize there's, there was so much more to this film and to this, to the process of healing for this woman. Mm -hmm. But one of the peak moments that just hit my brain and made it explode in the best way possible mm -hmm. was in RRT, we don't ever promise someone this will never happen to mm -hmm. you again because then we break right. connection and trust because we mm -hmm. can't make mm -hmm. that promise, right? Right. So Dr. Connolly wasn't trying to make it okay for her mind, suggesting that it was never going to happen to her again. What he wanted to know was if it did, what he wanted her to know was if it did, that she would be okay. Mm -hmm. And so what he did was he had her zoom out and he goes, now imagine you're 80, you're sitting in your house. And you never left mm. because she was playing defense mm -hmm. for her That's whole right. life. That's right. And he goes, now mm -hmm. imagine you're 80 and maybe you did get raped one more time mm. and you were okay. Mm -hmm. and, you, and all of the other things that mm -hmm. happened to, because you did leave mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. memories with your friends, mm -hmm. the, like the gifts of life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> he mm -hmm. somehow just made it okay for her. He somehow just made it okay in her mind that it could happen again and you're still mm -hmm. going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just like projecting it out. And I like that. I, I like adding that on to everything that you just said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to take a hit. You will. Mm -hmm. We all do. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to take a hit because someday I'm going to lose my dad and that is going to be mm -hmm. a hard hit. And I will mm -hmm. have learned so much from you that I'm mm -hmm. going to stay standing. Right? Yeah, girl. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah, going to celebrate yeah. and do weird shit. Mm -hmm. And I'll probably go hiking yeah. in the woods and like Good. <laughs> feed your ashes to a, no, I was going to say I'll feed your ashes <laughs> to a bear or something. Right? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I want to go out. I want to go out doing something. That's a good way to go. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to the bear. I'm like the poor bear. <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary. But yeah, like yeah. I, we get hit so hard by things that we even know we're coming. I mm -hmm. know someday mm -hmm. a, a natural like cycle of life is that I have to lose you or yeah. an yeah. a less natural, I don't want to say unnatural, mm -hmm. but a less natural cycle of life. You might have to lose me, whatever. We don't know, but mm -hmm. we have to, we have an opportunity mm -hmm. to prepare for the hit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're even saying, take the opportunity, prepare for the hit, train mm -hmm. for it, expect it. Mm -hmm. And I love the mm -hmm. language. It should happen. I actually, I was working with a client recently who her husband wasn't being very supportive. 
was being mm. a punk, right? Mm-hmm. And she was feeling a stress response. And she's, I don't want to do this because I'm afraid he's going to like bad talk it. I was mm-hmm. like, whatever he does, I want you to just say he should. Mm. And she had one of those aura rings on where it tracks your sleep and your stress mm. response. And she said she was wearing her aura ring and he was saying something that she wasn't particularly in love with, but she just used the mantra. He should say that. He should do that. Mm-hmm. He should. And when she, and I know that I always hear your words in my head when stuff like that, this happens, make peace with the conditions you're in and then you can approve mm-hmm. upon it. I think you said mm-hmm. that in the That's last right. podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and she said she looked at her aura ring tracker on her phone and her stress response stayed even keel. Mm. <laughs> so she expected the hit. She stayed uh-huh. standing uh-huh. and her yep. stress response stayed mm-hmm. neutral. When... I ordered an aura ring right away. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I need an aura ring now. <laughs> when I was a boy, we called them mood rings. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, but here we go. This is where I want to live. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. That's where I want to live. So my wife, uh, <laughs> she she does something and, and this happens. Mm-hmm. Stay standing. Start with what I know. Okay. What am I going to do? What make is the peace next? peace with the conditions you're in. Stay standing. Make peace with the conditions you're in. And then start with what I know. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> and that's, what I, that's where I want to live. That's how I want to do. Because there's always the next thing I can do. I am not a victim. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the world does around me. I'm not a fucking predator. (laughs) I am a predator. I'm going to walk around like beating my chest today. I'm a fucking predator. (laughs) You know what? If I could get it tattooed on my forehead and I didn't think (laughs) I'd look like an MS gang member or something, I would, I might do it, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but no, I, and honestly, I want other people to see me who know me and say, number one, don't fuck with him. Number two, he is standing in front of me. Mm-hmm. Posture. Uh, yeah. Posture. M- most of us aren't walking around in worlds where we're going to be in a gunfight. We're going right. to be in a bear fight. We're going to be right. in a deer fight. And right. But we all have something that's going to come at us. No car accidents, what, car accidents, an unexpected bill. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter. Yeah. There's always right. going to be something that mm-hmm. like we yeah. can, it's actually so brilliant mm-hmm. to anticipate the unanticipated. Yes. It's when you think that it shouldn't be there, that it knocks you down. Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure out how to wipe off mm-hmm. the dust. Somebody comes mm-hmm. over and they're like, poor you. I'm so sorry. You got knocked down. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, mm-hmm. no, not poor you. You're a fucking predator. Stay standing. <laughs> that's right. That is, you got it. I guess we're done with the podcast because that's, <laughs> that's it. Yes. That's the ticket. That's yes. the answer. That's the forward and I'm not only going to stay standing, I'm going to do the next right thing. Yes. The next yeah. right thing for you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody gets to decide what's right. Yeah. Except me. Yeah. I'm the one doing the acting. I'm the one doing the something. Mm-hmm. So what's the next right? And there's a little tweak in my brain. Every time you use the S word, every time you say should, this little tweak goes yeah. off in my brain and there is a validation for that word. Every time 
I say that word, I have already a validation of why it's okay to say that word. And if I can't validate the why of that word, I won't use it mm -hmm. because I consider it shooting on people. And it's really just the same thing as shitting on people. Mm -hmm. I, I have no business telling you what you should or should not do because I'm not you. I'm not making your decisions for you. Mm -hmm. Nor should anybody tell me, oh, you should have been here last week. No, no, I don't believe I should have been here last week. You know why I know that? Because I wasn't here last week. That's why right. I know that. However, yes. you should not jump off this bridge because the terminal impact validation at the bottom is going to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Very painful. <laughs> painful or deadly. There's a viable why should in many things. But if we take the time to help to stop before we should on people, then we are also validating the beauty of what we're about to say. And yeah. there's a useful, there's a usefulness to it. Or right. don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most I bet most people are using should or shouldn't more for themselves even than in other people. I bet you, if you notice the ratio, you probably should on mm -hmm. yourself more than you mm -hmm. do anyone else. The only time I mm -hmm. like it is when I use it to make peace or resonance with what's already occurred. Mm -hmm. Or as well, you so said, you're, va you're validating the use of the word. Validating it. Yes, you're correct. You're validating yeah. the use of the yeah. word. Mm -hmm. And if you can validate the use of the word, by all means do it. I mean, it's you, it's useful then. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't taken the time to validate the word, don't use it. Seriously, we are putting shit on top of ourselves for no good reason sometimes. I should be 170 pounds. If I should be, I would be. Right. Okay. I should be healthy. Okay. You're right about that because you're going to live a better life. I don't know how long you live, but you're going to live better if you live healthily. Okay. I validated the should. So now I'm going to decide, okay, wait a minute. What am I going to do? I'm going to eat healthier foods, real fruits, real vegetables, real meats, all of the things that are useful to me being healthy. And I can tell that because I feel better and I do more things. And by the way, my brain thinks better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I get on my soapstone with uh, my soapbox with, with the word should and all that, but it's a big deal to me in my it's life. It's a it affects everyone every single day. And the yeah. interesting thing that happens at an unconscious mm -hmm. level is that, especially if you're thinking about something past tense, this is where mm -hmm. validation comes in and I'll make it, mm -hmm. make it, I'll make it make sense even more for people now, mm -hmm. because when mm -hmm. you say that it should or shouldn't have happened, mm -hmm. inner mind perceives it as something that you could possibly change. So right. I shouldn't have been in that car accident when I was mm -hmm. seven, inner mind mm -hmm. puts pressure into the body to get you to take mm -hmm. an action to having not mm -hmm. been in the car accident at seven. And now you have all of that extra energy being flooded mm -hmm. to the body. It's moving away from your organs into arms mm -hmm. and legs. And mm -hmm. so now your digestive system's being compromised. Your mental clarity is being compromised and the access that you have to physical power and being able to use the full facet of your physical body now gets mm -hmm. compromised mm -hmm. simply by the belief or the thought that I shouldn't have, that shouldn't have happened or something else should have. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And the answer is no, right. it shouldn't no. have. Because <laughs> if it could have, it would have. Right. I'm right. here where I am now, accept it as it is, and now move forward from there.
And I like that you ask questions of what can I do now? And that's where Mm -hmm. a lot of people I see get stuck too. of they start building this story that's working against themselves. And you and I Mm -hmm. are both quick to, I don't know if Mm -hmm. I just like you programmed my brain this way (laughs) my whole life, probably, but I'm always like, okay, what do we do next? Or what do we try? Or where's the opportunity? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. naturally that way more than anybody Mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we don't need to know all the answers, but if we can ask a better question, at least Mm -hmm. we can get started Mm -hmm. in the direction. So there you go. Start with what you know. Start with what you know. We made. Are you picking up what I'm putting down here? I am. (laughs) So let's say you're going to get on, let's say you're going to climb a rock wall. You can't actually see the entire route Mm -hmm. uh, from the ground, Mm -hmm. but you can pick approximately, but at some point you have to get on the wall. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where's at least my first three, my two handholds and a foothold. Okay. Do you know what, this is a true question. I want you to answer it if just a little bit, if you have any kind of reply. What do you think happens when you mount the wall? I'm thinking to my like childhood training and I'm like, okay, I get on the wall. Mm -hmm. I look for probably my next two to three opportunities. Uh I might have to change my route. That's right. Yeah. One hand or foot always off the wall. (laughs) Shit. Job done. I did good. I did something good. I'm so I'm like, damn, right that's now. still in there. <laughs> that's still in there. And and it's true. Your viewpoint mm-hmm. of the wall changes. That's yeah. what happens. And then you say, okay, what's my next move? Mm-hmm. Now you might, when you're standing on the ground, you might say, okay, I'm gonna mount here and this is gonna be my next move. Okay. But when you get there, the viewpoint changes and you might see a better move. Mm. Uh-huh. But you do have to start. You do have to mount the wall. You have to get off the ground, mount the wall, look up. Oh, God, this is so funny. I'm a far side cartoon fanatic. I just love far side. So there's this little boy, and he's in a school for the gifted. And beside the door, because they're getting ready to go in, it says school for the gifted. And above the door, you see the bull, the boy pushing, right? <laughs> above the door is the word pull. Dude, look up. Yeah. Look up. Yeah. This is something that I learned recently. Um, I'm going to tell you a story here in a minute about my circle of reactivity. Mm-hmm. But look up because there's an opportunity there. Maybe somebody's handing you something, or maybe there's something you didn't see. But you we need to intentionally, it's not something we're just naturally going to do all the time. We need to right. intentionally look up uh, or look around. I don't. It, the idea is look up because of the cartoon, but the um, the reality is, okay, look around um, because there might be a better handhold and or whatever. So anyway, um, I wanted to what? get to that. At some point, I want you to ask me about my circle of reactivity. I was just going there. I'm like, everyone just missed, if you're only listening to audio here, mm-hmm. is that you just unzipped your jacket a little bit so that you can pull mm-hmm. your cross. And as you were saying, look mm-hmm. up. I'm guessing mm-hmm. a circle of reactivity has a little something to do with your faith because I feel like there's so much more here too. Mm-hmm. You don't have to turn your head and look up to the sky, but I would say look up or look in or zoom right. out or get connected. Look around. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What's the information that you're missing? But like, okay. go ahead. What's yeah. your circle of reactivity? 
Okay, let me share this. This is so good. Remember I told you about an ambush? We are trained to react. It's a non-thinking thing to do. So it's called an immediate action drill. If we are receiving artillery rounds coming in, our training is to react, meaning do something without thinking. And it need, what the purpose is to break your focus on what's just happened to you. You can't change that. And, but now you're so fixated on it, you stand there and you die, right? Literally, the, the artillery rounds or the ambush or whatever. Got to break that. So the circle of reactivity for me starts with, okay, something bad just happened. And I won't go into the many somethings in my life the last couple of years that I've been going through. But I learned this about three weeks ago, and it's a culmination of two years of psychologist therapy. So I, I was looking for an immediate action drill that I could find that would stop me from participating or allowing this reactivity to go on because I get stuck there and then I can't go anywhere. And that's not what predators do. So I wanted to stop that. And she said, uh, oh, how about a picture on your phone? I don't always have my phone with me. And something else. And I said, oh, I got my cross on my neck. It's always with me. With me. I've only taken it off when I was in a, a getting a, an MRI or something like that. So it's always here. Number one, reactive thing to do. Touch my cross. Mm -hmm. That's it. Number one, touch my cross. Number two, look up. It's not that it's not that I'm looking up in faith. It's I'm looking up to see the next thing that I need to know. And in my case, in my circle of reactivity is somebody's handling, handing you a paddle. You're in a river, you're going down this stream and you're heading into the rapids, buddy. Do you really want to go through those? Not really. Okay. Stop. Look up. See the paddle. Take the paddle. Steer the canoe, boat, whatever, to the shoreline. Get to the shore. Get out of the boat. Get onto the grass with my God. And he and I sit there in the grass, the shade of a tree, and we look at whatever the stimulus was is written on the leaf of a tree. Or it's written on the cloud that's going overhead, or it's written the bubbles coming up from the river from the fish. I like all three of those, and I use all three of them. And so I just look at that thing. So I'm no longer reacting to it. I'm just acknowledging that thing. Mm -hmm. and, and it's different now. I'm not alone. I'm sitting in the grass with my God. If I want to, I can talk to him. If I want to, I can ask him a question and he can talk to me back. And he does sometimes. Acknowledging that thing that just happened to me in a non-judgmental, non-reactive way Wow, that's a big step forward from where I was 20 seconds ago. And then it's the next thing is, which you could probably guess, is look around. What's the next right thing to do? Mm -hmm. And then my two edicts, and now three edicts, start with what you know. Meaning you got to step forward, Jeffrey. Get up out of the grass. Move forward into the next thing that's right and what's the end of my cycle of reactivity, circle of reactivity? Confidence and peace. Mm. Confidence and peace. I'm no longer in that moment. I'm not feeling good. I'm not saying I feel better. I still feel bad because something just happened to me and I'm not happy about it. Mm -hmm. But I'm confident that I'm not stuck. I'm confident I can look around and I am moving forward.
that's a big deal. It depends on the, the thing that's happened to you. But if you could just that immediate action drill, stop and then look up, receive the gift, in this case, a paddle, steer my boat, sit with the Lord, look at those things, whatever they were in a non-judgmental way, accept them because it's what happened. And then what's the next right thing to do? Start with what you know, and then confidence and peace, not because I feel better, but because I'm not stuck. I just don't know what else to say after that. <laughs> it's new to me, but it's because, and I'll, I'll add one little piece, is that the time it takes from me is no longer 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. I'm almost immediately steering the boat to the shore. Mm -hmm. it, it's, I do need to still touch my cross, mm -hmm. but it, it's fast. It's like a muscle. It, the more you get to use it, the more, the, yep. the faster you stop the reactivity, and then you're able to process and wow. So that's good. Dad, you should write a book. <laughs> yeah. Money. I have three or four of them, but you know. I know. So, I'm just gonna keep yeah. interviewing you and we'll hand them over and someone else will write it. How's that? Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> okay, good. good. You guys, yeah. Jeff Conti, this is my dad. Do you guys understand mm -hmm. like where I came from now? <laughs> <laughs> More to follow starting to make sense. Okay. So yeah, next yeah. up, we're going to bring Allison Bird on and I'm so excited. Yes. You guys, I put, I created a group chat with Allison Bird and my dad, and these two are just like besties immediately. Allison calls him dad. Actually, she called you daddy. <laughs> it's just like daddy J. Yeah. Daddy J. <laughs> daddy J. Oh my God. You guys are, I knew you guys were going to be obsessed with each other. So we're going to continue this conversation with the three of us and just bring it home. But wow, dad today, like the takeaways, it could have been a whole book. I love you. I'm glad. I You're love awesome. you, babe. You're the more awesome than me. You're bringing people with you. I you love made that. Me. <laughs> I take that as my glowing thing when I get to the pearly gates. Lord, look at what she's doing. I had a part <laughs> in that. His dude. Look at all this other shit you did. I'm like, yes, Lord, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we're not gonna. <laughs> we're not going down that road. Make peace yeah. with the conditions we're in. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. right. Oh, I love you, dad. You guys, I know that you heard some you, great baby. stuff in this episode. So please mm -hmm. um, go ahead and hit subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already done that, please share this with a friend, leave us a review, come over to Instagram, love underscore Andrew Crowder and hang with us there. Let us know your favorite part from this episode. But most importantly, I know that there are some transformational things that are actually going to get people unstuck and comfort zones and freeze mode is like the least safe place that we could possibly be in this world. And this entire episode was steps out of that. So you will change somebody's lives. So please share this with a friend. Thank you. Hey, if I was you guys, I would watch it again and take notes. I know you're not supposed yeah. to take notes the first time. I get that. <laughs> But take notes a second time and think it through. Talk it over with somebody. Hey, yeah. I was thinking about this. It's something I heard. And if we process something out loud with somebody else, it yeah. means way more to us. You don't got to process the whole thing. Just something that reached out and resonated with your spirit, with your soul. Yeah. As always, Andrea dropped the mic. I'm Lorelai Taylor, COO of The Unruly Entrepreneur. If you enjoyed listening, please follow, review, and share with your friends. 
As always, anything mentioned in the show will be detailed in the show notes. And to keep up with everything going on with Andrea, check her out at love underscore Andrea Crowder on Instagram and check her links for some fun surprises too. Thanks for listening. We're so glad you're here.